Happy Saturday, everybody, and welcome to In the Database 6 episode with Nana. Today, I have a good friend of mine joining me. His name is Saeed, also known as Sam J on Twitter. He's in the IT field working as the AWS solution architect. Saeed, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good, Nana. How about you? I'm good. I heard you's a good warrior fan. That's why I know you from Twitter because you're a good friend. What do you think about your team so far this year? Oh man, it's looking like it's looking like a rough year. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. Injuries. Uh, I don't know. The Andrew Wiggins injuries kind of scare me right now. Yeah. Um, but the good thing about it is, I guess like there's like literally a half a game gap between our. I think we're in the 11th seed right now. Yeah. So like all the way up to like um, the fifth or sixth seed. So it's not it's not too bad. What do you think our biggest woes are? Like outside of injuries, like what do you think the team? issue because I as a fellow warrior fan too I know our team has a lot of issues whether we like to admit it or not but what are you most concerned by most concerned about is like our bench and our depth probably because like once you get past our like starting five it's like who's really like can we rely on to you know keep us afloat while Steph's getting his rest in Mm -hmm. do you think we need to add another piece figure out something with this pieces working out what do you what do you think i don't know i always get like torn between um trying to give up some of the younger guys to get like um um, you know veteran players with experience but at the same time like they have so much upside i don't want to end up you know like um selling out and then missing out on a great player at the same time we have to i guess maximize you know curry's window yeah you know it's kind of it's not kind of fair to him to have like a project going on while he's playing out of his mind yeah but i honestly think the emergence of jonathan coming in these last couple of games i don't know if you watched the devastating loss to the pacers but he has been such a positive sign defensively and offensively i feel like he can grow as a player with the team and i think we can actually figure out a way to integrate him into the offense because he's been such a positive sign as for Moody, I feel like we're not using him the way I thought we would use him. I want him to strictly just be a 3 and D kind of guy, work on his where to be defensively, his positions, get the necessary rebounds, and just hit the wide-open shots when given. So what do you think about sure. those two young guys? I, I don't think we're ready to bring in Wiseman yet. Um, I know he still has yeah, time. I'm on the same page with that. To develop, yeah, in the G League, but – when do you think we transition him back to use the other two guys? Like, how has that been? For the first part, um, you know, it's so funny, actually. Mm-hmm. I always thought, like, going into this season, I thought that Moody was going to be the player that was going to be more ready than Kaminga, actually. Yeah, because he's and more t- yeah. in terms of, like, when they when they were drafting him. Yep, and now I'm like, wow, actually. Like, because I thought Kaminga had all the raw talent and everything, but he had so much left, you know, to work on. But yeah. I can see now, like, there's so many bright spots in his game. And, like, last game when um he had to get – um he, I think he got more minutes. Um Was he coming off the bench last game or was he starting against the Utah Jazz? He was coming off the bench. We started, like, I – sometimes I just – like, it's Steve Kerr. I mean, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's a champion. But, like, that starting lineup just shook my head. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> like, why is <laughs> Like, what is – what was the reason <clears throat> Why do we have G League players starting when when you have a game where your star players are out and you can actually see how you can develop your young talent when needed come playoff time? It's not like we're going to give these guys minutes in the 
in the postseason or in the playoffs. So why are you giving them so much minutes in the regular season? So okay. in a game like this, I, I was like, it was a great opportunity to either start Moody or Kaminga, but he didn't. But he ended up giving them a lot more minutes. But mm-hmm. in the end, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, Kaminga took advantage of those minutes. He had a great game. He had a legacy game. Sides of the was, yeah, I think it was his best game ever in a Golden State yeah. in the NBA, period. Uh, and it was also, everywhere who's flying around. Mm-hmm. He was. It was just the hustle, the effort, the defense, the rebounding, the scoring. Like he was just an all-around great player in that game. And uh, it was so unfortunate that we just had the bad end of a terrible ending in that game. Although I do, I still don't know how that wasn't a foul on Jordan Poole. It was one like, uh, against Jordan Poole. It was one hundred percent a foul. But according to like NBA Twitter experts. <laughs> no, they're on some. You know how that goes. Yeah, they're like, you're not getting that call in Utah at their home. Like, ma'am, like, like who's Utah? <laughs> who's Utah? And B, like, why would I not get that call? Like, it's not a playoff game. Like, what do you mean? Like, we got a call talking about Steph travel under like, uh, quote unquote travel in under like 20 seconds of the game on the line. So if that call was made. Why would you just suddenly say we're not making these calls? And there's two fouls on that play. One was the obvious slap on the hand to get the ball, which is also reaching. The other was the Kelly Olenek, which technically is a flagrant because he dived on the legs. I don't understand how neither of them were called. I don't like that don't make sense at all. And obviously we have to learn to make like that's one thing that Jordan Poole has to as great of a free throw shooter he is. He can't miss those clutch free throws. He he just simply can't. I mean, Kaminga missed one too. We just have to execute when we have the game in our hands. When you're up four second, uh, four points with with the ball in your hands, and like you can't lose that game in under like thirty seconds. You just can't. And I think we just blew that game. But the refs obviously didn't help us. And every week we're gonna keep going back and forth about ref this, ref that. At this point, we just have to accept that. I don't know if I just factor it in. <laughs> yeah, I can't. You know what? I don't want to factor in it because it's truly not fair. Like, call the game the way it's called or don't. And I'm going to be pissed about it every week, and I'm going to call you out as a referee every single week until you get better at it because it just seems that this has become an excuse for them to continue doing whatever it is that they want to do, you know? Yeah. We get called for the same calls everybody else is doing in the league, and they don't get calls for that. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to see. Yeah, and the, the if you're going on the NBA, like when we started talking about the carry call that they keep calling on Golden State, initially when the outcry was happening in Golden State, I wanted them to stop calling it or call it consistently. Instead, like I think they went double down on it. Now they're calling it everywhere, and it's just yeah. the product just sucks now in the NBA. As an NBA commissioner like Adam Silver and the NBA board, they got to look at this and say like the product sucks, like it really does yeah. right now. You don't start games on time. Your referees have ego issues. And now it's just like everything, your star players are going to get hurt the way that we have to exert them because games are like back to back to back. And you're not helping carry the product. What carries the product is if healthy superstars can play, superstars can stay healthy and they can't stay healthy, healthy if you have them playing back to backs, cross country, you're having them seven, eight game road trips, like, you have to figure this out as an NBA like organization. Like, uh, for sure, has learned for to sure. protect quarterbacks. 
And when they did that, because they realized quarterbacks give you money, quarterback gives you great product. I don't want to watch teams with, with bad quarterbacks. I don't care if they're my team. I'm not going to. Because no matter how many positions are in football, if you have a bad quarterback, you're not winning. You're done. You're done. So the NBA, the NFL realized that the position is so important. So what do they do? They protect the position. And at first, we complain about it. Oh, defense has to be soft now. QB soft. It's such an offense. But guess, look at the product. The product has gone up. The entertainment has gone up. The players being there allows it to go up. Now in the yeah, NBA, the revenues out of the roof. Yeah, they just fail to protect their superstars. Every year, we have like two, three, two to three top ten players out, and we can't keep doing this. Like you're not protecting your players. You're exerting them, and and that's just. And that's just the reality of the NBA. Hopefully they're working on fixing it, I guess. Yeah, hopefully they're working on fixing it. I don't think, I don't know what Adam's working on, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he's too busy going after tax, luxury taxes, penalizing owners and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) Teams for drafting their players. (laughs) You know know Speaking of the NBA and rules, what do you think about this unspoken rule in the NBA? Like, I personally believe when the team with the ball and the game is over, like, like under 30 seconds left, the team with the ball, if you're up by a good amount and the game is basically over, you can't score in that position. That, that's just bad sportsmanship. That's bad blood. That's very unnecessary. And that's very rude and disrespectful. Like, it's an unspoken rule between the players. It's very clear. And every time you get the same reaction, you know, from opposing players when you do it. When Zion, I understand that the Phoenix Suns and Zion bad blood because of the playoffs, not Zion of the Pelicans, but the playoffs last season. And this could be an incoming rivalry, but I don't know how much longer it could be a rivalry with CP3's age. But it still can be a rivalry. (laughs) The Suns will be good without CP3. So when you look at this, I'm like, I 100% believe that Zion was in the wrong for dunking that, that he should not have done that. At the same time, we're talking about the Phoenix Suns, though. They're not a team that I would like. They're not a very moral team. <laughs> they have done <laughs> very questionable on things. The, we're, on the, so, we're on the same boat on this Yeah. One. <laughs> I'm looking at them like, I know you're not the one complaining. Not you. Not you, CP3, the one that dived at Giannis' legs in the finals. Not you, bro. Like not you that pushed him off the rim. Like no, 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 not you, not you. Like like you've played so foul for so long as a team, and you have been known as one of the dirtier teams in the league. So, and you also have known been with finessing the referees and playing the game just so ugly. So I guess this was a big like like slap on the face of them. Because when Zion, they clearly say, we want Phoenix. They're not scared of Phoenix, and they're taunting you. And at Phoenix, right now, you're just the new Utah Jazz of the NBA. Because everybody's looking at you like a, just a regular season team. Yep. Because in the playoffs, like, you don't – you would, like – like, the Pelicans wouldn't taunt the Warriors like that. They wouldn't taunt Milwaukee like that. They wouldn't taunt, you know, Dallas like that or, or any other of the competing teams. They're, they're taunting you, you Phoenix Suns, because – don't nobody believe in you. Just like everybody will come in and bully you <laughs> in Utah. Don't nobody, you're Utah. Like, we didn't care. The way when I first seen the, the thing happen, like when he dunked, I was like, damn, I don't know why he just did that. And then I look back and I'm like, yo, he just, and I, I, it was actually kind of after I seen the post-game press conference and I was like, I kind of get it. Like, yeah, 
they they were they were probably in prime position to beat the Suns in the first round, and if they had Zion playing, that probably would have happened. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And all that happened, and then like it's the Suns. Come on, they're like after I still can't get out of my head the whole winners work thing after they beat us. Yeah, like they started making. Like, you're those guys. Like, come on, you deserve this type of team. Like, ain't no way you're doing workout videos. Winners work right after a regular season game makes goals, and then perform like that in the playoffs, in back to back years. Like, people forget that they had a two zero lead in the NBA Finals. I guess lost four straight. Yeah, and then proceeded to lose four straight. With like a hobbled Giannis, because Giannis was just coming off of it, where his knees went ninety degrees the opposite direction. Oh <laughs> like he's walking back, like that happened. Okay, you're soft. Okay, then you go up three two against the Dallas Mavericks, which you are a clearly better team, have more talent than they do, and then you mock them, and you are here, and and then Luca literally comes and says, "Oh, everybody's tough when they're up." And then you proceed to lose back to back. And by the way, in a game seven where you are home court by like 40, like, oh my <laughs> God, in the playoffs in a game seven? Like, oh you can't God. even write this. It like, this is where like, that was an elite choke job. Yeah. Sports endings sometimes, like, even movies couldn't come up with these kind of plot twists. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, this, what was this, a Bollywood movie? Like, no way. <laughs> like, like, it's just, unrealistic what just happened like you couldn't say yeah the Suns are gonna go up 3-2 then proceed to be blown out in back-to-back games (laughs) and then lose in game seven in their own home floor to Luca. like he just bullies them every time he sees them I think he scored their whole team in the first half by himself (laughs) and what was what was just recently they faced each other and he just oh my god Molly walked him I'm like it's like Luca sees the Clippers or the Suns, and just it's just like it just feels it's racist to them. All you can eat, yeah. It's like, it's like a buffet for him. All you can eat, and I'm like, oh my god, like here we go again. And he's pretty like I don't think Dallas is going anywhere this year, but as long as they get the Clippers or the Suns, I'm picking Dallas. Like that, I don't know. I'll be like, if I were to put money on it, bet on it, Dallas is beating that team. Those two teams for sure. Speaking of the Clippers, should we should they be worried? Should we be worried? Should the Clippers like be worried? Because they have had give me a context for it. The easiest schedule in the NBA so far to start the season. Granted, they have had injuries, but they're like teetering five hundred. They could go below five hundred today if they lose, and they're just can't get healthy. Either George goes down, Kawhi goes down, Kawhi and George go down, or Kawhi go up. And like even when they are together, it's just. The chemistry is not there when the two are playing. They have actually more chemistry when Kawhi's not playing and everybody else is playing. The team just is different. So if you're a Clippers uh, fan, like, what are your concerns? I right feel now? like, I feel like you hit it on the nose. I feel like their number one issue right now is being healthy. Yeah, like everything else we can look at after they're healthy and see how they look, but that's their number one issue right now. Kawhi being in and out of the lineup, load management, just recently rolling his ankle. Um, Paul George not being. Uh, able to stay in the lineup either so it's like you know that's their what looks like to be their biggest problem yeah so i want to see how they look everybody healthy everybody playing together like a, a couple games in seeing how the john wall looks with that team with those two guys healthy i don't know it looks like a good roster they look deep but like yeah on yeah paper, you don't know for sure on that's paper, the thing about sure. people when you look good on paper like 
Golden State has just made everybody feel like you can put a bunch of stars together and make it work right away <laughs> with no like with no practice or anything. Like people forget like half like Clay played maybe like 30 games last year, Draymond around the same. Steph missed the entire last month of the season and then boom they come in the playoff and they just clicked. And people think, "Oh, if Golden State can do it, we can do it." We've obviously had better stars, Kawhi and PG are better than Draymond and um clay so now you know why not why not us but the problem is golden state they're not factoring in the 10 years these guys played together they're not factoring this chemistry aspect and also they're not factoring steph curry's greatness because his gravity and whatever he he does great allows anybody to succeed on any type of floor he's on or any type of office he's on I feel like anytime any NBA player is given yeah. a one-on-one chance or a wide open look, it's exactly you know. so chemistry is humongous. Like you you can't just build it on paper. Like look at Brooklyn try to build the whole super team. Like if you would have told me 10 years ago that Harden, KD, and Kyrie would be on a team and not pass the second round, I would be like, You're shitting me. You're shitting me for real. No way. Like, like, there's absolutely no, and then I would say Harden would request a trade and go to Philadelphia and be with Joel and be, and then they would get Ben Simmons, but then like KD and Kyrie are still playing and they'll they'll get to the playoffs or, or KD by himself in Brooklyn right now, and would not be able to pass the Boston Celtics or even get a game, <laughs> win one game against yeah. the Boston Celtics. Like I would be like, no way, prime Kevin Durant, no, no, no way, not impossible. Happen. And that's why it's important to build a relationship as a team and have chemistry as a team. And that's what Clippers are missing. If you cannot get these guys healthy in the regular season, I have zero faith in them coming into the playoffs and work, even if they are healthy in the playoffs, working together as a team. It's just, they just don't mm-hmm. have enough m- minutes together. And it's together 100%. Well, a team. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. And but a team that really does have a lot of minutes together that has been clicking so well, so a good old good old finals opponent, the Boston Celtics. <laughs> what do you think about them? The Boston Celtics are playing out of their mind right now. I think they're right now um, the best uh, have the best offensive rating in NBA history. But I don't look into that too much because last year was uh, who had the record for best offensive rating all time was the Suns. So, yeah. but they're playing great basketball right now. Jay Tatum is playing amazing. Um, they're, I think they're playing the Warriors tonight, actually. Oh, yeah, they are playing tonight. It's going to be a, a great game. Yeah. But... Unfortunately, without their uh, Wiggins, the stopper of the two, <laughs> I like to yeah. call But, yeah, and they still have – They're playing great basketball yeah. right now. They still – they're playing great without integrating Robert Williams into the lineups yet, lineup yet. And that's a scary sight when you think about it. You know, now the question really is, how much is this on like coaching then or just team? Because they have a whole new coach. And they're they look even better. Uh last year they were clicked right mid-season around December when they got better. They flipped the switch. And I seen this sign. But with Boston, I always feel like a fall is coming with them. Like they're always like I see them like we always be like, oh, nobody can stop them, nobody can stop them. They get into the playoffs. They have such a dominant run, and then somebody stops them, and then it goes, <laughs> you know. And it's crazy. Not everybody now is back on Boston's the best team. They're great. They were saying that same thing last year, 
until Golden State beat them, and they're like, oh, no, Golden State is supposed to win now. Because you, you, God forbid you give Golden State or Steph Curry any credit. <laughs> but now we're back at it. That same team is now the team to beat. How are you the team to beat when every time you're proven to us, you're just going to lose? When- Am I crazy to think that regardless of how good Boston is playing right now, that they won't get past um, the Bucks in the playoffs? Yeah. If both teams are healthy? Bucks. Yeah, I'm still taking the healthy Milwaukee Bucks over the healthy Boston Celtics. And that's and that's what I'm talking about. Like that very exact thing. Like if you if you were to take a bet at this current moment right now in a seven game series, if it was Boston versus Milwaukee Bucks, who are you riding with? I all I could think in my head is Giannis by himself took these guys completely healthy. Well, I guess Robert Williams is like not all the way healthy, but Took pretty much he was missing his second best player and took him all the way to seven games, and they need a historic game six from Jason Tatum just to make it, force a game seven. Yeah, and what's even crazier is that we'd be like, well, Robert Williams was semi healthy, but that's the thing about injury prone players; it's part of their package now. Yeah, like same with like Robert. an AD. AD, like, I'm not going to come here and be like, oh, well, if AD was healthy, they would have won this. You know, that, like, but we know he was likely not going to be healthy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stop saying, like, I understand it was a player that never gets hurt or, like, barely gets hurt. Yeah, now this, like, if Luka were to get hurt in the playoffs, I'll get it. I get it, Dallas. You can make that excuse. For sure. If Jason Tatum were to get hurt, I get it. But Robert Williams gets hurt, I don't want to hear it. Like, that is his package now, you know? You got to live or die with that. At that 100%. moment. But... Do you think, hypothetically, if James Harden turns the table and we get back to Houston James Harden, he gets healthy, or at least 90% of James Harden in Houston, does Philly become the best team in the East? All I know is until I see otherwise, I cannot rely on James Harden to do anything for me in the clutch in the playoffs. So, I don't know. He has to prove that to me. Forget the clutch aspect. If he can just turn the table and be the player he was, no. do you give him the nod? I, I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. I you, can't see myself doing it. I feel like it's just going to blow up. Time, even, even Houston, James Harden was trash in the playoffs. I mean, he, trash. I want to call him trash, but except just. For that, except for that one. I think that one year when uh, it was him and CP3 versus the Warriors. But even then, CP3 was the clutch one in that series. Still lost, but he couldn't. Come through when CP3 went out. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't bet anything on James Harden. I have to see it to believe it. Yeah. What do you think tonight, though? Do you think Golden State can steal a win tonight? I feel like if Steph Curry's on the court, anything is possible. To be honest, I hope he's healthy and he's not as like I hate when Steph starts the game very passive. He's been doing it so much to get others involved. Like, he has this obsession of getting others theirs first before he gets his. And I just think if he just lets the game naturally flow to him, take the shots that he's supposed to take, you know, in or out, whether you miss or make it, just make sure you're taking the shots. You can't have one shot seven minutes into the game or zero shot. Like, that just can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like he thinks he can get going at any point wherever he wants it, and he's like, him taking those shots is gonna get the other guys cold. So I get it, but like there's some sort of awareness. Yeah, but he yeah. has this factor where when he gets going, it's just kind of contagious with the offense. Yeah. Everybody else kind of like can like flow through it that way. And he can start passing because he doesn't he doesn't necessarily ball hog even when he's hot. 
you know? Yeah. So that's why I'm saying he should work on making sure he's in a rhythm in the game first. Yeah. And then probably if he's hitting those shots earlier on too, that might help yeah. out the spacing. I just hope he's healthy and his ankles are fine. And Marcus Smart, little green-headed ass, don't <laughs> dive into his foot again. Just I'm no diamond tonight. I'm expecting. Last time we were at least one like of those. quite the dive right there. Like, we're not doing that again. Don't do that. Same with you. Please. I mean, Hartford is not playing tonight, so thankfully I don't have to worry about that one. But, like, why are we always diving in that guy's ankle when we play freaking Boston? So I just want my players out of there healthy. And I want Draymond to control his temper today because likely he won't. <laughs> I feel mm. like a couple of texts or an ejection is possible tonight with Draymond. But he is really a difference maker in this game. If he shows up in this game and plays like mm. prime Draymond or like close to prime Draymond, we beat them. Mm. Shows you know up. my prediction for the game? this game is? What? That is going to be a clay game. Clay game. Like clay, game clay needs to stop being losing his players on defense and like these wide open shots, especially when the game is close. And yeah, I'm always gonna like a clay game today. Yeah, I'm always used to clay missing layups. People don't know about clay ups, he's always missing layups, even in <laughs> injuries. But it's not the clay shot, and he's letting the game come to him like he's been doing like a few games back. I'm okay with clay. Clay, I'll just take patience anytime a player is coming off of two major injuries and didn't even have. A proper training this summer i'm giving them a leeway at least after all-star break the real season start for me after the all-star break for him so i'll be worried yeah, about 100%. him pre-february if he can't get it together but right now i'm just going to give him the leeway he'll have he'll have some ups and some downs but before we just wrap up at the moment who's your best and worst players of the week um in what in each conference or just across the whole nba both like east, I, I, t- I tend to divide them east and west. So, like, who would you give your trophy um, of this week? I give my best player in the west this week, um, to I guess Luca. Luca's been having a great week. Oh, yep, I agree with you individually. Individually, I feel like he's been having a great week. Who do you think was the best player in the east? In the east, I want to say Joel Embiid. Mm, that's a solid pick. I think he went, um, over, I think he's been averaging 35 points the last seven games. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, Joel Embiid has been great, and he was excellent last night. He, he took the better ha- better off of um, mm-hmm. Davis last night. And I don't know how much of Davis' illness contributed to last night's game, but he he was amazing. Yeah, I think he was in foul trouble a lot, but I think he turned it up a lot in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, it was very amazing. Yeah, and he, But he did yeah. miss that clutch free throw. That would have probably True. He could have sealed him the game probably, yeah. Both him and Revis. Although Philadelphia, I, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> that was elite choke top last night. I'm not going to lie. I don't you know. Of nine they, points with 35 seconds left. How did that happen? I wish NBA games could end in a tie because that was the most deserved tie there is possible because both teams are just on elite crackhead behaviors. Like, how are you up nine points with 34 seconds and end up going overtime and possibly could have lost the game if the Lakers just make their free throws? It's just it's insane when you think about it. Really uh, so for me, I would go with worst star player of the week. I don't know. It's been a it's been a lot of like players have had bad games and then had good games. It's kind of been like a mix of games yeah. going on. 
Well, who who do you have as your life force? I can't think off the top of my head who's having stinkers right now. Yeah. Um, I still think Zach had him for last week, but he's he's still stinking it up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, him and that I don't think I don't think DeRozan's having a particularly good season. Yeah, but I think the Bulls just need to break it apart. Just they just have oh, to yeah. get some draft revenue back and just break this whole team apart. As long as they don't give it to the Lakers, all, everything yeah. else is fall game or the Nets. Everything else is fair game. If I'm I down, would say Booker probably in the West is probably one of the. He's been having a bad week, I guess. Has he? I thought Booker. Yeah, I think his last two three games was pretty bad. Uh, I thought. I think he had. Uh, um, what did he have last night? Uh, Booker, 14 points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's having a rough week. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Booker's definitely having a rough week. 11, 17, and 14, and 20. That has been his week. And he was here. Yeah, he started off pretty well. And and prior to that week, like, I should have given him the – I gave it to Anthony Davis last week, but Booker should have had it last week with 41, 51, 44, and 27 performance that week. Oh, wow, incredible. Yeah. And, and from that, he just, this week, he's just off the other side of the cliff, 2011, 17. <laughs> he's just been going yeah. lower and lower as he goes. Literally. Hmm. And there. Yeah, I'll give it to him in the West. Um, yeah. yeah. I think we have our. East I want to say Middleton in the East, but that's unfair. He just got back like two days ago. He just came back two days ago. We're not doing that. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Just to hate. Yeah, just to hate. But it was really nice speaking with you, Semjay. I look forward to having more chats with you. Thank you for joining me. Course, any final words? So what did you say? Um, I said, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Enjoyed All right. It. But uh, go Warriors, I guess. I hope uh, we get this W tonight. Me too. And that's... And that's a lot of Celtics fans' graves to dance on. Oh, yeah. They're very annoying. <laughs> Probably one of the <laughs> obnoxious fan bases. Not as obnoxious as the Laker fan base, but up there for sure for sure well thank you for being for joining Hi, me man. and i hope it was a pleasure always a pleasure yeah and i hope everybody enjoys this episode our six episodes of in the database thank you this is nana signing now Ooh.